Welcome back to the Elevated State Podcast. My name is Matt Harriman, and I'm here with my co-host, Trung Dao. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about productivity hacks. Now, you hear all the time about productivity hack this, productivity hack that. You know, there's so many of them out there, and only some of them work. That's what Trung and I have found. You know, there's... Like I said, a ton of them out there, and in this podcast, we're going to be diving deep into the ones that work, that we like, and the ones that we'd recommend to you, and we'll also let you in on the ones that we've tried that do not work at all. Yeah, but before we dive into all of that fun stuff, right, (laughs) we got some recent news of Matt blowing up on Instagram with his reels. Well, um, would you like to talk about that? I would like to talk about that. Now, blowing up is subjective compared to my <laughs> real views before. I definitely did blow up, but obviously it isn't you know millions and millions of views, but it's a good start. As a creator, you can't look at anybody else. You can't look at the guys who are winning already and say, why aren't my views that big? Why? Because you're on level five when they're on level 100. It's just not, you can't compare yourself. So to talk more about what specifically happened for me, well, I've been making content on Instagram, making videos on Instagram for around, I'd say eight or nine months. And, you know, I wasn't getting a ton of traction um, for a long time. If you go back and watch my first reel ever, it was absolute garbage. You know, I think that goes for everybody, but I know mine compared to what I'm creating now was not good. I had no understanding of how hook structure works, how to edit, how to write scripts, how long videos should be, how audio plays a a, a part in how your video does. And there's a lot of different aspects, but I decided to keep pushing through it. I was getting like maybe 200 views every single reel. And I decided, I'm like, you know what? Let's just keep going. You know, I don't really care if I'm not getting results. I know that the skills that I'm building and this is why it's important to focus on skills, not necessarily results, because sometimes uh, results will come all at once, is I focused on I focused on building these skills with my videos and getting really good at producing quality videos, as Trung is focused on becoming a really, really great, great, really great writer, you know? So I did the same thing with my video production, and I, I really just focused in on mastering those components And I had one video recently get 18K organically. And I'd like to provide some insights specifically for creators on this. You know, if you're a creator and you're trying to blow up with the style of videos where you're not necessarily, I'd say if you're familiar with Creator Caro, he does this style of videos where he's recording himself and, you know, there'll be some like five habits to do this or... Um, I'm sure you see those videos and it's more creative than it is based on value. But if you're not doing that and you're doing reels where you're talking to the camera, you know, Hormozy style, then the number one piece of advice I could give is you must build authority off of other people's authority. Because if you're a nobody, and I have to say that, you know, at this point we're at where we're at, you know, we've done, we've done a lot, but I'm still not David Goggins. So I could just talk about David Goggins and share his insights in an easy to understand way. And in turn, I'm able to build up my own authority. And this is something that I neglected for a very long time because I thought, I'm like, you know what? I want people to see me as an authority. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to keep writing these expert hooks, you know, like 
here are three things you can do to change your life or and you're familiar with them. Everybody's trying to be an expert. We talked about that in a previous episode, but you know, I really found that that hook structure and bringing other people in allows for you to get traction on your reels. And it's really about just keeping things concise. If you've heard it before, you probably heard this this before, but people don't come on Instagram to learn. They come on Instagram to be entertained and that goes for all social media platforms. So you know, if you're a creator, I just recommend, and you're making homozy style videos specifically, I'd recommend trying out using other people's advice and referencing them. So I've used Ali Abdal, I've used David Goggins, Michael Jordan, Jeff Bezos, and all those videos did much better than my traditional, like, I made a video that I thought was really valuable. It was like, this stoic mindset shift changed my life, and it didn't do it that well. And the simple reason for that is because I'm not, I'm not ginormous on Instagram yet. You got to be humble. You got to understand that you've got to build that audience first before you can do expert hooks. Yeah, like Instagram's a totally different game. Like editing really matters and making sure your videos look really good, well put together. Like luckily for Matt, his stuff is like his editing is like next level. Like his like the Maybe. jump cuts and like the overlays, like it's all up there even with like Devin Jatho and like all of like the the crazy editors who have like editing teams like his stuff is up there with them like it's a matter of time until matt one of like matt's reels like blows up to 100 200,000 like organic views just because of the editing um he's getting better at his like writing structure his hooks like really impressive stuff from matt thank you thank you and that's also a piece of value i appreciate the compliments chung but if you're somebody watching and you're like okay how can I do this for myself? There's a couple things I focus on. As Chung mentioned, writing, writing, writing. Become a world-class writer. I believe Dan Co uses the term world-class. It might be even gadgy though, but it's the truth. Just focus on building those skills. There's like, and, and when it comes to video production, they're creating reels that go viral. There's a couple different components. There's production, there's writing. Just focus on becoming 1% better with each video. It's such simple advice, but it's so true. Just don't look at anybody else. I wrote a newsletter recently, I believe it was two weeks ago, um, called Comparison is a Thief of Joy. And not only that, it's a thief of success. Because if you're constantly looking at somebody um, who's doing better than you, who's on level 100, like, how can I get there? I want to get there. And you're impatient. You're never going to get there because you're not going to build the skills. The reason they're there is because they deserve to be, because they put in the work early on. They dedicated themselves to doing one thing really well. And that's how they did it. So as creators, you're always trying to get the most stuff done, make the most of your time, right? And during those periods where you're struggling, you don't know how to get stuff done, you're running all over your to-do list, you head to YouTube, right? That's the first step. You head over to YouTube, you search up how to be more productive, and you see a whole list of productivity videos lined up, and you start watching them. But once you start watching them, you realize there are just so many of them right there's so many different hacks out there that people recommend that people use that people swear to right and you just don't know where to start and on top of that you don't know where to start you don't even know if they're effective or not right so the whole process of testing out every single one to see what works for you it's going to take forever and you don't have time because you're working on projects you're working with clients, you're writing content, and you don't have time to sit around all day testing out 
new productivity hack because you know you're m- most more likely than not you're going to test one per deep work session mm-hmm. and how however many productivity hacks out there like you're going to have to test out them within like 20 different sessions and that's right. just going to take too long so we're going to dig dig through some of um the ones that we found worked and some of them that you know it kind of sucked so yeah. So before we get into the hacks that work, we should probably talk about the hacks that don't necessarily work that well. The first is going to be controversial. Are you ready for it? The Pomodoro Technique. Here's why I say that. You hear about the Pomodoro Technique everywhere, especially for college students. They'll be like, study for 25 minutes and take 5 minutes off. Study for 25 minutes and take 5 minutes off. Here's why that doesn't work. And this is backed by Andrew Huberman himself. Andrew Huberman says that in order to, or when you focus in on one thing for a long period of time, so for example, instead of taking five, a five-minute break every 25 minutes, you work for 90 minutes, and then you take a 30-minute break. The reason why that works better is because it takes around 10 minutes for your brain to get into flow state, essentially the creative, uh, creative mindset where you feel like you're one with your work, and you're basically completely dialed in. And so when it comes to the Pomodoro Technique, You can't be taking those breaks every five minutes because you're basically forcing yourself to defocus and restart that entire thing. It's hard enough to get into work when you don't feel like it once. How about doing it eight times or 10 times? Brutal. And the Pomodoro technique has tricked a lot of people into thinking that that's the best way to be productive. I don't know who's pushing this so much, but every time I see it, I just go, ew, because it's not good. It's just a... it's so much better to just focus on working for as long as you can and then taking a 30-minute break. And that break, Andrew Huberman uh, calls that defocusing. And so during that break, this is just this is not to get off topic, but I wrote a reel on this uh, about, I believe it was three weeks ago. And essentially, he said that after you do that deep work, you should do 30 minutes of defocusing. And in this defocusing session, you focus on not focusing, which I thought was really interesting. So when you're in that that downtime, you don't use your phone, you don't get distracted, you know, you just sit there and you focus on not focusing on anything, which I've tried out and I would definitely recommend trying out yourself. Yeah, like I've noticed whenever I've done Pomodoro is um, whenever I end my first 25 minutes and rest for five minutes. I don't actually rest for five minutes. I end up sitting on my phone for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And it's just a lot harder to get started again, just because you just lost your momentum and you're going to have to force yourself to start. And it's just a lot harder than if you worked for 90 minutes and just took a 30 minute break afterward. Right. So that's the first one that doesn't really work. Um, So the second one that you know, isn't the best for some people is the two minute rule. So the two minute rule is where you tell yourself you're going to do a task or just something for two minutes that you're dreading. Like, let's say you're putting off writing content and you tell yourself, oh, okay, I'll just write content for two minutes. And okay, let's say you start writing the content, but then once the two minutes are over, there's no guarantee that you're going to keep going. Like, there's a chance, but like you still don't want to do the task, even though you started it. And like when you don't want to do the task, your performance drops. Like it's a lot harder to get in a flow state if 
you're dreading the task, like you don't want to do it, it's too hard, and the con- conditions aren't right, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get into flow state within those two minutes. And chances are you might just stop working and you just screw yourself over and just waste however much time, right? So, right. so yeah, it, it's nice like getting started to get like using it to get started, but sure. it isn't a main pillar, I would say, when it comes to productivity hacks. Mm-hmm. It's like a tier a D tier, in my opinion. Tier D tier. We should do that. Productivity <laughs> should. productivity hacks A to what is it? F is the bottom. Yeah, A to we, F or something. We're gonna comment, do that. Comment below or shoot us a DM if you want us to do that. We will actually do a full video on productivity hacks and ranking them. I, I, th- I think we'll do it regardless. That sounds like a lot of fun, I'm going to be honest. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but I wanted to add something on the two-minute rule. So you're probably asking, you know, if I don't feel like working and I need to get something done, what should I do? There's two things you can do. You can either grid it out. So two-minute rule, like, it's basically the same. as just like you, you're – instead of telling yourself you're only going to work for two minutes, you need to have the understanding that, hey – I'm going to get this done. And so you can set a timer um, for 90 minutes or 60 minutes and say, I'm going to get this done. And I actually did this last night when I realized that uh, I skipped school yesterday. It was my mom's birthday. So we went to dinner, got home from dinner, and I was like, oh, shit, I've got to do my thesis statement. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I still got to get my sleep. So I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes, and I'm going to see how much I do. I got it done in 13 minutes. Easy. And so I told myself, hey, I got to get this done. I didn't say, I'm going to start for two minutes and then I'm just going to continue on after. No, I didn't do that. The second thing you can do is change your environment. Go work in a coffee shop. My friends make fun of me all the time for this because they're like, they think I talk about the same things over and over and over again. And that's, they don't really watch my videos that often. But I hear all the time, they're like, oh, like change your environment. But it's so true. Literally just go work in a coffee shop go to a park, go sit down, pull your laptop out, just get started on work. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll change the way your brain is thinking about working. Like it changes everything. So Trong, do you have any, have anything to say about changing environment? Yeah, I also change up my environment every week. I have classes on campus, but I live at home. So mm-hmm. on the days I'm on campus, I go work at the library. I go work at a co- co- coffee shop and like it, it helps a lot because it, it kind of gets repetitive and boring when I just sit at my desk all day and on the days where I'm not on campus, like I just sit at my desk the entire morning and I don't really like it. But on the days where I'm going to class, you know, I, I work on my desk for two hours and then I go on campus, I go sit at the coffee shop for another two hours and then once classes are done, I go to the library by my house and then I work for another two hours. Like, it it feels really nice, it's very refreshing and it just helps your brain out because what I've noticed is my ideas are a lot more fresh. Like, I come up with better tweet ideas or just ideas in general. Like, they connect quicker, they snap and part of that is just different environment, different like lights and all of that different stuff. Like it's refreshing. Right. So definitely maximize all of your environments. And Trung, I have a question for you. Yeah. So do the libraries and coffee shops you go to have high ceilings? Yes. The ceilings are high. Like they're really high. I don't know why do I'm looking up, but I'm sure you do. I think you should say it. I think you should say it. The cathedral effect. Woo. The cathedral effect. 
Now, this is a phenomenon, but it's Andrew Huberman's again. Andrew Huberman talks about this all the time. But Trung mentioned he has more creative ideas when he's moving around. That might do to just like the subconscious, be the subconscious excitement of moving around where your attitude kind of changes, where you're in the same room every day. You're sitting there and you're just, you know, just not wanting to do work at all. You're always there. It could just be something subconscious. But this effect. I don't I don't know much of the research behind it, but I thought it was interesting. I've seen a lot of videos on it. It's where if you're in a room with high ceilings, it's Andrew, at least Andrew Huberman says that you're you have more creative and abstract ideas. I believe that was on the, the blog post that I read I read about the effect um this week. So I just thought that'd be interesting to put in there since we're talking about hacks and tricks and effects and rules and all of that. But yeah. Yeah. Another one I would like to add matt has mentioned before is Ooh. wearing a hoodie and a hat when you work hey uh, how about that yeah and it the reason why this kind of works i'm not sure i don't know if there's any research behind it but matt told me that whenever he works with a hoodie and a hat on mm-hmm. his focus is a lot more sharp because the hoodie and the hat it, it yeah it's like it, you get you mm-hmm. have tunnel vision on um the actual like laptop or screen that you're working on so mm-hmm. we're we're a hat we're a hoodie put the hood up and get to work like it's I, I haven't tried it yet but what from what matt has been saying like it sounds mm-hmm. like it works pretty well and so. i i was doing deep work or i've been doing deep work excuse me i've been doing deep work for around three years i'd say and this wasn't a ritual i had all the time i wasn't always wearing a hoodie but i started to wear hoodies because it was cold in the mornings because i'd get up at 4 30 and work and i just for some reason be really cold probably had something to do with the cold showers i was taking as well but i got the shower and it'd still be cold and i go sit at my desk and I'd be like i need a hoodie so i go put a hoodie on and i just remember on those days i was getting so much more done and i came across a couple articles on the topic and I thought it was really interesting because I never realized that, it, that this was proven or it was universal. I thought it was just um, something with me. But I recently started making a point to wear a hoodie and a hat during my deep work. And I've seen a greater improvement in my ability to stay focused. Because it's going to be the same amount of time to get in the flow state regardless. Unless you're on your tropics or something like that. But... You know, when it, it's really about retaining that focus, it takes about 10 minutes to get in the flow state. If you're using brain.fm, use my code, Matt Harriman, 20% off, but you're able to get in the flow state in less than 10 minutes. And if you're focused on your computer and you're just there, like you're just, you can't even see. It's like, this is the one thing you're doing. And then the timer is going to go off and you're like, holy crap, I just got done so much stuff. Like I just accomplished, I focused on one thing. I got the one thing that I've been procrastinating on for weeks. For weeks, I got it done. Got it done. And so if you do that every day, it really changes the game. So the next hack that necessarily doesn't really work is building momentum. Um, I see people talk about how they should start with the easy tasks and then move on to the larger and more difficult ones later. But the problem with this is when you do start out with um, the small tasks, you're burning your energy right you're burning your focus fuel and your overall um ability to maintain energy throughout the day right because you're using your focus and you only have a limited amount in your gas tank for a day so when you waste 
um, your rare resources on small tasks, you're, it's going to be a lot harder for you to focus later on in the day when you have to do those larger, more difficult tasks. And because of that, that's why a lot of people procrastinate because they put off the scary stuff and they think they, they, they feel the need to address all the small little things first before they should even tackle the big stuff, right? And the, a few examples of this is like, let's say you have content to write, but sure. you have a bunch of mentions or replies to get to. I know for me on Twitter recently, I wake up with like 160 mentions, but I don't touch any of that until like I'm done with my most important stuff. Like I have to write my newsletter first. I have to build out a lead magnet I'm making, but all of that stuff comes first before I engage, talk to other people, respond to DMs, respond to replies. Like it's so important that you make sure you're making the most of the energy you have before it runs out, mm -hmm. right? Because it's so common that burn out by the afternoon. Like, you know, people talk about the afternoon slump. That's what that is. You're burnt out by the afternoon because you were doing too much low value stuff or you were indulging in emails or scrolling like a zombie on TikTok, right? Yeah. So get the, get the most difficult stuff done first. It's going to suck. Okay. Let's just get over it. Like it's going to suck. You don't want to do it. Dues. You got to pay your dues. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck, but you have to, you have to do it because if you don't, you're going to run out of energy. And I wanted to add something on that. What, and, and this goes, I don't, I'm trying to find the right way to say this. There is a mindset. This is within like the mindset coaching space and the mindset, the mindset Instagram space where it's like, think of yourself when you're making X amount per month. So like, think of yourself when you're making a hundred K per month and then make decisions like you are there. And this goes along the same lines as that, where imagine you're a famous writer or a famous speaker. Would David Goggins get up and check his email? No. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go for a 300-mile run. No, I'm kidding. But David Goggins is going to get up. He's going to run. He's going to get his hardest task done. Or Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday, I, I remember him talking about this. I was watching, um, binge-watching some of his channel. Um, absolutely love everything he's doing on YouTube. And his books are amazing. Cannot recommend them any more than I already have. But... He has like 10,000 emails to answer like every day or something crazy like that. And he does not answer them all the time. He does not get up and answer them. He gets up and writes for three hours or four. I believe it's like five hours actually. Um, but that's all he does because that's the one task that moves the needle. So as creators, it doesn't matter if you're a creator, student, entrepreneur, whatever. But for us creators, what we do or what we should be doing first thing in the morning is writing because that's what moves the needle. We need to produce more content. The more content we have, the more people we, we reach. The more people we reach, the more people we connect with. The more people we connect with, the more they will want to buy our products and those products will help them solve a problem, yada, yada, yada. You've heard it 99 times before. So just focus on that one move, needle moving, I just said it backwards, needle moving task. What was that? What, what did you say, Chung? I remember, this was actually before we, I guess, became friends, so to speak. We just knew each other on Instagram. We were just connected. And I remember he said something, well, it was like needle launching tasks. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have yeah. needle launchers, needle pushers, and needle stoppers. Needle launchers are what Matt 
essentially broke down like the one most important thing. Your needle pushers are a little like a, a slight level below the most important thing. And then you got your needle stoppers, like the emails and all the mentions and replies you got to do and engagement like that's that stops the needle. But yeah, like three categories. All right. So now that we've covered what doesn't work and some other things covered some other things, talked about some effects, spicing it up a little bit, spicing up the pod. Let's dive into what actually works. These are the rules, laws, tricks, hacks, etc. that we've tried that have worked insanely well. And the number one thing, this is for me in particular, Trunk has his own, but the number one thing that really changed the game with productivity for me was Parkinson's Law. And there's a really complicated way to explain it and a really simple way to explain it. And I'm going to be explaining it the really simple way because nobody wants to listen to that complicated, you know, academic paper about why it works. I'll tell you why it works for me. All right. It essentially is the idea that if you give and it's the same thing I did with the essay. We've already explained it, but I want to go further in depth on it with the thesis statement. I gave myself 15 minutes to do it and I got it done in less time because most of the time, and let's say, I'll give an example. Let's say you work a nine to five job. Your boss tells you, you got to get something done by Friday. You best believe you're going to have that done. Otherwise you're evicted. You're not paying rent. You're out. You're homeless. That's what's going through your head. That's why you get it done. Same thing with school. You know, Chung and I, we're both still in school, though I probably have more pressure on that um, because I'm still in high school. And if you remember being in high school or you're currently in high school, there's a lot of pressure on like deadlines. And I know in college it gets it gets more, right? <clears throat> no? Yeah. More? Maybe? No, it's more, it's more flexible because you know what's due ahead of time because you get the syllabus. Like in yeah. high school, it's unpredictable. Like you just don't know. They tell you you got to get something done. It's like, oh my God, yeah. like you got to get done. They're like, all right, so you've got eight homework assignments tonight. You got to be streamlining oh. and systemizing if you want to grow your personal <clears throat> brand. You want to grow your personal brand. Best believe I'm not doing that myself. I'm outsourcing that, which we talked about that in the Eisenhower Matrix, which is going to be um, another point that we're going to make. But this podcast is all over the place right now. I want to talk about Parkinson's Law. So Parkinson's Law, just set, set a timer, 90 minutes. Tell yourself, I'm going to write, I'm going to draft a newsletter. I'm going to draft a newsletter, right? just going to get that done. And instead of procrastinating on that with for three weeks, you're going to probably get it done in that time because that's the only thing you're going to focus on. It's the only thing that is on your mind. Everything else is a distraction except that one task. It doesn't matter if it's productive. Just focus on that. Then in the next work block, focus on another thing. Because the key to productivity, I'd say if there's one thing to sum up productivity as a whole, the one thing, the one word actually is focus. It's all about focus. It's the, the one thing that you need to master if you want to be productive. Having that focus on command where I can say, hey, I need to work. I'm going to get in the flow state. I'm going to get this done. That's it. Now, there's a lot more to it, but that's the basis of productivity's focus. Would you agree with that, Tron? No, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, focus is really important. And if you don't have focus, you're not going to be able to get anything done. Mm -hmm. right? um, it's Very the true. main driving force of productivity. And my favorite way to you know enhance this focus is to have everything planned out ahead of time so you don't have to think about what's next or what to do or whatever right like random thoughts and my favorite thing for this is time blocking or time boxing some people I, some people call it either or 
but it's my fa- it's my favorite thing. I've been using it since I was in high school and like Matt, when I was like Matt's age, actually. So I've been using it for a hot minute and it's helped me know everything at a time and I'm never ever confused of what's next, right? When you're thinking about what's next, you're not focused here in the now, mm-hmm. right? You're focused on the future and that just causes stress, that, co- that causes you to lose focus and you end up not doing as much or working less efficiently because of that, right? So what time blocking is or time boxing, it's you. It's where you lay out the entire day, six or when you wake up, like let's say you wake up at six, you have a block for six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, like, et cetera, right? You, you list out every hour and some people do it extreme. Like they list out like five minute increments. But what I do is like what one hour, what am I gonna do for this hour? and how my day usually looks, I'll wake up at 5.30, I'll get ready for a bit, and then 6, 6 o'clock hits. And for an hour, I do something. The next hour, I do another thing. The next hour, I do another another thing. I plan out the, the entire day at a time, so I know what it looks like, and I don't have to worry about, oh, what's next? Um, do I have something I don't know that's going to happen? Like, no, I don't, I don't have to worry about that because everything's planned out ahead of time. Absolutely. And a way to... St- extra steroid boost this hack is to use themes yeah 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 yeah. like use themes yeah use themes like having a theme for your day and from there you can break down each day specifically like let's say you have mondays like your newsletter draft day so six o'clock you can research seven o'clock you can start out start on the outline eight o'clock or eight o'clock you can actually writing the first draft like it helps you a lot because you know exactly what to do and you're not all over the place with a bunch of random tasks that aren't aligned with one another. And another thing. So when it comes to, I know you mentioned uh, blocking out your day and a part of that is going to be working from home, right? You're going to be working from home a lot. It's, you're not going to be able to work in a coffee shop all the time, though. It's great if you can move around a little bit since it'll have, you'll have better ideas, but when you're at when you're in your room, you should love it. You should love your room. And this brings me to optimizing your environment. This includes all the senses. So, you know, you want it to be clean, you want to have a clean desk where um, you know where everything is, where it's very minimalistic, you enjoy being there, feels homey, and that will give you that comfortable feeling which will actually increase the your chance to focus because I love coffee shops. I really do, and it, it allows me to focus relatively well, but I notice this a lot where if I'm sitting around a bunch of people, I don't know if it's, like, I'm not a socially anxious person, but I just get kind of awkward where it's like I know people are around, but if I'm just in my room by myself, it just allows me to have that peace and peace and comfort. Um, it's, also, it's also more than that, than just how it looks. It's also the smell of your room. If your room smells like shit, you're going to be less productive. So get yourself a diffuser, get yourself some incense. My diffuser is back there, which you can't see it. Um, I can come bring it over, but I'm not going to do that. Um, But it's essentially, just look up diffuser and you can put essential oils or whatever you want in there and it'll make your room smell better, which has been proven to enhance focus. Chung, is there anything you do to optimize your environment? My big thing is lighting. Lighting. Um, 
I like dim lights. I like working in dim lights. Um, it really helps because I wake up pretty early and it's still dark out when I wake up, so the lighting's fine. But when I'm working at home in the afternoon, I usually close my blinds and I turn on my desk lights. I don't set the lights too high. I'm not going to show you, but like the lights right now are pretty pretty dim. Sometimes I'll turn on my like LEDs um, just for like vibe sake, but lighting is my big thing. Like I can't focus properly if the lighting's off. I was at a coffee shop yesterday actually, and I was sitting by a window and it was really bright. And I noticed that one, my laptop screen would keep adjusting its brightness for no reason. But like two, I was I also wasn't able to focus properly because it just wasn't the right lighting for me. But finding your optimal lighting is really important because if you know what lighting you enjoy, it's going to be a lot easier to get into flow state. Right. It's very true. And that yeah. was a general overview of all of the productivity hacks that we use. Now, of course, there are lists and lists and lists of more that we like and ones that we don't like, which we will go over in the coming thousands and thousands of episodes, hopefully, that we do. Um, but this this was, like I said, a general overview. So if you're just getting into how to become more productive, this is a great way to start. A lot of these concepts we go further on and have gone further on in the past uh, eight episodes or so that we've done. And you can chuck any of those out. We go right into the deets on every single one, how you can implement it. Because hearing it from a bird's eye view is great. You know, it's like, oh, well, this works and this doesn't. It's a great introduction, but once you get past that, you're like, okay, what's next? Like, what's the best way to get in the flow state? What's the best way to prioritize your schedule, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things we have, well, we've covered some of them in a podcast and we'll continue to cover, cover them in the podcast. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, Trung, do you have anything to add? Final thoughts? I would say test, 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 test. Just because one productivity hack might work for someone doesn't mean it'll work for you. And it's still, at the end of the day, it's still up to you to find what works for you, right? Like you can listen to us. I would recommend it, but we're not you. So make sure that experiment, try as many different hacks as you can. And that's how you'll figure out what works best for you. Thank you for watching the Elevated State Podcast episode number nine. Is that right, Trung? Episode number nine? Yeah, number nine, number nine. Almost at episode number 10. Isn't that crazy? Dude, we're almost at double digits. That's insane, insane. bro. It's actually insane. But as we say every episode, if you're still here listening to us, please shoot us a DM. Love to have a conversation with you because whoever you are, look at me, look at me. Or if you're listening, listen to me with extra focus. You're a legend. You're an absolute legend. Just want to thank you for listening. So we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast. Peace. Peace.